so many things an entrepreneur a public speaker translation compeer and a lifestyle writer but at my very core i am a tibetan but if you ask me what tibet its people and the culture is like then i must honestly say that i have never been to tibet and i'm sure i'm not the only one if you've never been to tibet either then this podcast is for you. Have you ever seen beautiful scroll paintings with striking images of Buddhist deities and mandalas telling stories? Well, that's the Thangka art. At least what I know of it is that Buddhist deities or figures are either painted or sewn on specific fabrics like silk or cotton. Many Buddhist narratives are told through this form of art, and it is believed that our ancestors preserved the knowledge of enlightened beings and displayed these narratives in the form of images. Just imagine how amazing it would be if we could decode what they really wanted us to know about having a successful human life and possibilities of parallel universes which is why for inquisitive people like you and I we are going to talk about this particular topic with Gen Tashi Norbu today Gen Tashi Norbu has dedicated decades of learning practicing and propagating the Tibetan thangka art he has worked as a painter at the private residence of his holiness the 14th dalai lama he's also the chief executive director at museum of contemporary tibetan art in the town of emmen the netherlands and has installed several environment friendly buddha sculptures in public places around the world to spread his message about environmental awareness he's almost dedicated his entire life to this form of art. And so I had to ask him why he's so passionate about it and what is the thangka art. Tibetan thangka painting is the only uh art that is founded in Tibet. Uh and uh and the thangka paintings are as you know Tibet people always think about Buddhism. So thangka is also a completely uh based on a Tibetan Buddhist tradition. So there is this developed um uh, the traditional uh style of painting thangka since the 7th and 8th century uh since then uh, the, this thangka painting style has developed which came all the way from India Nepal and even from China so in Tibet itself uh it has developed itself this style into a Tibetan style so it is called thangka painting when it comes uh, uh from tibet itself so thangka means um scroll paintings that that can be thang is like a straight ka is a religious um painting so uh, when i was kid uh, i only saw um thangka painters that's all uh, there is uh in the tibetan society so uh right. 
I was drawn to that image, that style, and um, and even after my high school, when I finished it, I went to study tanga painting because that is another twelve years courses because the tanga painting itself really uh, talks about full version of uh, Buddhist tradition. So it is a very philosophical level also. And even now I call myself modern tanga painters because uh, at the end we we all, uh, the purpose of our life and you know, as a Buddhism Buddhist practitioner, we think about our future lifetimes and this life and then, you know, the reincarnation and all that. Then, then uh, the tanga painting really counts than some abstract art. So tanga is really vast, you know, like if we calculate, it, it is very contemporary at the same time. Sangha is known to depict pure lands, the realms after death. And I know we all can agree upon this, that death is scary for most of us. And we don't even want to imagine it because our life is precious to us. According to Tibetan Buddhism, we believe that after our death, our consciousness or soul has to traverse through different realms. It is not an easy journey, but we all have to go through it one day. It is also said that when we die, our soul is in great shock. Sometimes we get stuck between realms because of this shock and confusion. This is exactly what the popular Tibetan Book of the Dead talks about. It talks about Bardo. Bardo, meaning intermediate time. Souls do get stuck in this intermediate time called Bardo because it is a state between our death and our next life. And you'd be surprised to know this, and I don't know how you're going to react to this, Gen Tashinurbu's grandfather was a realized being who actually helped souls stuck in Bardo. He would often see things that others wouldn't. He lived in trance between two or more worlds. I mean, uh, it shows sometimes when we are in the hospitals, we are, even if the physical body is completely dead, doctor says there is no, no further choices or opportunities but we still believe that we will not we're not dying and we wanted to survive and and live tibetan buddhism we we believe we this whole thing that so we have this whole rituals and all that involved to preparing for the next life mm. like my grandfather was working for bardo so intermediate state so there are beings who are you know helping the, to show the path so my grandfather, he would tell that, look, don't walk there. There is a deer uh, eating uh, barley or something. Uh, and he sees the souls. As we're speaking of other worlds right now, is it possible that our ancestors were trying to tell us about aliens through these narratives? Do you think they really exist? If so, then where are they? What will happen when we know everything about everything? I don't mean to drive you insane, but it's curiosity that makes you wonder, isn't it? (laughs) 
I genuinely don't have answers to these questions right now, but I'm sure enlightened beings do. You'd be astounded to know that Gen Teshinurbu's grandmother was a bodhisattva. She was an enlightened soul who, even after being clinically dead, was seen meditating. Her body was warm after her death, and she was in her meditative pose. My grandmother was、um, like a female bodhisattva. She would be singing、uh, for the animals in the forest. Uh, singing mantras, so、mm-hmm. that she believes that、um, she can benefit by singing these sacred mantras. Animals who don't have the karma to recite the mantras, and she used to do that. And when she died, she、um, she we call that tukdam. That means、um, she sits after death. Clinically, she's dead, but she is still in the meditation, and she would be sitting like a. Posture of a meditation posture, and、uh, her body is still is warm. And for weeks, she's still、um, uh, alive in a way, but physically, clinically dead. So these people are highly trained to travel their forty-nine debarto to the next life. Slowly, they can、uh, so that they're so calm, you know, they're so prepared for their next life. The process of、uh, thangka art is known to be methodical, because there is a certain set of steps that the artists who create the thangkas follow.、Um, the artists who create thangka are known as labris. Okay, and、uh, when we speak of steps, labris first refer to the Buddhist scriptures to understand the physical characteristics and individual qualities of the deities, and they visualize and meditate on them. Uh, the reason why they refer to the scriptures is because there is no picture of the deities or photographs, right? There is nothing that they can refer to, so they only have one reference point, and that is the scriptures. And then once they do that, then they visualize and they meditate on them. Next step is that they draw the grid to create a base for the art. Historically, we extracted colors from natural ingredients like fruits, different types of stones, and naturally occurring substances. Today, we use both、uh, chemical colors and naturally derived colors. Gold is also used on specific thangkas with silk brocades. Behind the painting, that is behind the thangka painting, the mantra Om Ah Hum, the three syllables, they're written to amplify the effect. Of the thangka, because it is known to resist evil spirits and negative energies. So even for non-Buddhists, you know, you can definitely bring thangka paintings home or any thangka art home because、uh, they're known to bring about a sense of positivity,、uh, peace, prosperity, and harmony. Because when you look at a thangka. When you look at the Buddhas in the Thangka, you want to sort of emulate certain qualities, you know. I mean, even if we emulate zero point two percent of their qualities, our life can change. Thangka paintings have positive effects, of course, because they are blessed paintings.、Uh, they are not merely an image of、uh, some portrait or something, but they are deities, Buddhist deities. 
which are drawn based on econometries and in, and then as i said we we have written down the mantras behind it like like the head of the buddha and the, the neck where we write the speech and then the heart the place where we write whom all these mantras when we put these all these traditional uh, requirements it creates the really real embodiment of the buddha himself or herself that's why when you hang the tankas they will create a positive vibes and uh, it will also bring luck in the in the house and it will bring peace and harmony for the weavers also that's why the buddha's buddha statues are created very giant you know like in in india in china these are buddhas are created with some big smile we create them so that um, when the viewers look at them they, their ego goes down you know i feel like artists who create this art have to be very calm and focused because if the artists are not calm how can they visualize the deities and meditate on them it's a whole different process it's very different from creating other kinds of art because here a lot of uh, meditation is involved a lot of visualization is involved so the libraries they refer to the scriptures for their paintings because the ancient scriptures give them with a detailed account of uh, how the deities look you know their appearance uh, what their physical and uh, spiritual characteristics are and what is the scene that they need to portray genla genteshinurbu creates traditional tibetan art along with contemporary art doesn't that melange sound interesting so why is the combination important and how different is contemporary thangka art from that of the traditional one um i i like sometimes uh contemporary art i just do it because sometimes i find it interesting because you can paint the actual happenings of the tibetan society or culture of time now you know like sometimes i would paint very serious mandalas traditional mandalas and buddhas above and then have a superman or spiderman uh comic uh, icons or some fast cars below there or the skyscrapers or something and then that is something i just play with to show the time now you know and i i i like the contemporary art because that that is something a uh, contribution as an individual to the society whereas thangka paintings is very much based on religious practice and you are really serving your culture your your country preserving the culture more or less so i am like more both and especially my paintings uh contemporary arts are all the drawings are i like the thangka the drawing the the stylized drawings of the tibetan thangka painting and then color them in the very realism i want to highlight the incredible message that genla genteshinurbu has been sharing through installing environment friendly buddhist sculptures in public places around the world like for example he created a ginormous buddha statue made out of recycled wood this he says is to signify the deforestation happening in tibet and in amazon likewise in san diego california 
he created and installed a massive, massive Buddha statue made out of ocean plastic waste. In total, he has installed urban Buddhas in four locations: Bodhgaya Bihar, Chicago Grand Park, Emmen Resen Park, the Netherlands, and Encinitas in San Diego, California.、Uh, this environmental friendly, or uh, uh, I call them.、Um, sometimes I create these giant Buddhas, like three, four meter or. One site made in Chicago, like six meters, six by five meters. So these are done with the recycled wood to signify the deforestations that is happening in Tibet. So Tibet is playing a very big、uh, point for the Asian area. Like one third of the world population is in India and China, this area, and Tibet plays very significant.、Uh, Uh, source of、uh, like major rivers of the India and China are flowing from Tibet itself. They're from the Tibetan plateau, the mount snow mountain, the glaciers that melts down. So I create these giant um, paintings, um, these sculptures to symbolize what Tibet is going through, and the dams,、uh, deforestations. These giant sculptures I make. I I make them out of the youth waste wood, so that、uh, to show that the、uh, the wood woods were cut down. Like even in Amazon, you know, it's it creates Amazon lately the Amazon、uh, burning of the Amazon and all that. You know, it is creating a big natural disaster. So、uh, like in、uh, San Diego, I have created、um, uh, a huge、uh, like three to four meter. Um, Buddha sculpture out of the plastic waste. It came to the newspapers, and all the locals went to collect the plastic waste from the beach. And then I joined them together and created a Buddha. There is so much that is happening in the world right now, both good and bad. But I think the good can get even better, and the bad can diminish gradually. If we choose to change it and act collectively, and why not use art to impact the world? I'm sure you have your own art in some form, whatever that is. Just know how much you could play a part in helping shape a better world. I mean, the tradition of thangka art is over centuries old, and each thangka echoes wisdom and positivity. The stories of the past were recorded for a reason, so that we learn from them and, just like our ancestors, use art for good. If you liked this episode, then please give me a shout out by mentioning me in your Instagram stories and posts. My Instagram handle is Tenzin dot Chidun dot twenty four. That is T E N Z I N dot C H O D O N. Dot twenty four. You can also DM me if you have any questions. To stay updated about waking up closer to Tibet, don't forget to follow at HD Smartcast on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. To listen to more podcasts, log on to hdsmartcast dot com or suno ne nazariyese. This was an HD Smartcast original. HD Smartcast.